Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome into the hard count. The people show. We say it all the time, but it could not be more true. They're done playing games. We're not done doing shows. And much unlike Kevin Warren, we're not leaving, okay? So I'll just make that very clear. We're not leaving, as Leo DiCaprio says. We got a big show lined up, man. I'm so fired up to have y'all here. Like I said, games are done. We are not done. There is a ton to talk about. Maybe you were tuned into College Game Day right before the national title game. Or I guess it was halftime, so it was College Game Day setting, but Nick Saban was on the desk, and David Pollock said, Georgia has now got hold of the sport. And everyone turned it into a meme. It went viral on social media. David Pollock later said, I didn't mean anything by it. But the reality was, it was kind of true. I mean, they've gone back to back now, have the Georgia Bulldogs. So can Alabama get back to the top of the sport? We'll take it a step further. How do they get back to the top of the sport? Because far be it from me to bet against Nick Saban, the greatest of all time. So we're going to talk about that a lot. Also, Texas, the Longhorns, they're now going into year three of the Steve Sarkeesian experience. And we got one of you on Twitter that asked this the other day. I thought it deserved a full segment. Is it Big 12 title or bust? Like, is that the end all bill? If they do not win the Big 12 championship in 2023, does the seat get pretty toasty for Steve Sarkeesian? I got some thoughts, got some feelings on that as well. And then we're also gonna talk about Coach Prime. Deion Sanders, he is just continuing to crush the transfer portal. Now, you don't get any wins for winning the offseason, for winning the transfer portal, but I tell you what, it doesn't hurt the fall to acquire good players. You know it, and I know it. College football is a talent acquisition kind of game right now, and Deion Sanders is acquiring a lot of talent. Got some updates for you there. And then we're going to continue this, I guess you call it a series, an honest look. Took an honest look at Nebraska yesterday. Took an honest look at Florida State not too long ago. Took an honest look at LSU. We're taking honest looks at programs right now. The next one on the docket for us is Michigan, a place that has a lot of storylines surrounding it right now. One main one, actually, at the epicenter of that program. Got some feelings about them. Going to just give you, again, an honest look at what's going on right now in Ann Arbor. Folks, thank you so much for being tuned in right now. Subscribe if you haven't. If you're listening on podcast, thank you for joining us. We're fired up to have you a part of the party, but also we're live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 Central to Eastern. Just a great way for us to interact and a lot of fun to have you along for the ride in the live format on YouTube. Nick Brake, heavy lifting, doing everything that you see here. We're fresh off the road, fresh off the air, I suppose, from Los Angeles, back in studio. There's no time to waste. Let's get after it. Alabama, the Crimson Tide, had a little bit of a different experience this past January. They watched the national title game. And a lot of people are starting to buzz and hmm and ha about Nick Saban and his program. And you know how we feel about that. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to partake in any of the guesstimating and speculating if Nick Saban's done at Alabama and if they've reached their peak. I don't believe that, but David Pollock during halftime 
of Monday's national title game. To, to be fair, there wasn't much to talk about with the game, but he started talking about Georgia and how they have taken hold of the sport. Those are his words, and I would agree with those words. But the interesting thing about it is Nick Saban, Alabama's head coach, was sitting on the desk when David Pollock made those comments. And it wasn't untrue, but you could see Nick Saban's reaction. It wasn't blatant. There wasn't anything overly emotional about it. He didn't make a scene. But you could just tell by his mannerisms. That was something that just tugged a little bit at his emotions. And, I mean, how could it not? Being a human being and having been at the pinnacle of the sport for so long and hearing another human being sitting across from you on national television say, they're now the standard in college football. They've got the hold of the sport. That would elicit some sort of small reaction, no matter the size. But what I want to talk about is... Alabama now, I firmly believe, has a fire lit up under them. Probably even before those comments were made, but a player from Alabama went on Twitter the other day, or maybe it was a former player, uh, I think last night, and he said he's going to use that for a long time. Like all offseason, that's going to be something that sits with Nick Saban. So in the process of getting back to the top, of regaining the crown, snatching the throne, whatever verbiage you want to put to it, how does Alabama go about doing that? I don't think it's a secret. You're losing Bryce Young. And he is one of the best players to ever come through Tuscaloosa, one of the best players to ever touch the rock at the college level. You got to figure out quarterback. This isn't novel analysis. You got Jalen Milrow. You got Ty Simpson. Personally, going into this transfer portal wave, I was sitting there with popcorn and a, a drink and saying, all right, who are they going to get in the portal? Because is Jalen Milrow winning the national title? I'm asking you, I'm not insinuating, I'm just asking, is Ty Simpson winning the national title? He very well may. So I was really waiting with bated breath to see who they would get in the portal. Right now, I don't know that there is someone available that would be an upgrade. Sam Hartman was a guy you would have been excited to get, I'm sure. Devin Leary, I'm sure, would have fit the bill. A proven commodity. I would just say this. Ty Simpson was a consensus five-star out of high school. Jalen Milrow was a four-star. So... You're not lacking for talent. Like whoever's left in the portal that's available right now, at least, we'll see what happens with this second wave post-spring. Whoever's available right now probably isn't an upgrade talent-wise. They might be an upgrade experience-wise, but we'll see what happens there. You just have to figure out which one of those guys you want to roll with. And I don't think this is going to be the case come fall, but whoever it is, whoever you pass the keys to out of fall camp, you ride with that guy. Ty Simpson, like I said, is graded a little bit higher out of high school. We haven't seen much of him. I lean more towards him being the unknown commodity with what I saw from Jalen Milrow against Arkansas. That's not to dunk on Jalen Milrow. I'm just saying in regards to all of the talent across this roster, I think you need someone that can consistently distribute the football. So we'll see what happens there. But on top of that, you're probably going to see some shakeup in the coaching positions at Alabama. I don't know who that's going to be. There's been a lot of speculation on the message boards and on Twitter and the public that they may not have the same set of coordinators. So if that ends up being the case, let's say that Bill O'Brien does go to the NFL. Let's say that he makes that move and you have a new individual calling plays in Tuscaloosa. Well, then that experience in the system that is that Jalen Milrow had, that advantage gets negated a little bit. 
So we'll keep an eye on that, but I don't think it's a secret. You got to knock quarterback out of the park. Look at the teams that played in the playoff this year. You had Max Duggan, you had C.J. Stroud, you had Stetson Bennett, you had J.J. McCarthy, all guys that are really good established quarterbacks within their program. Guys that you can trust on third and 10 can convert for you. So having the quarterback position right is the first ingredient, in my opinion. You got to figure it out. You got some talent on the roster. I don't know that you need to go back to the portal with what's there, but you got to have that solidified. If you have not yet subscribed, we'd love to have you all at the party, man. We've had a ton of y'all Crimson Tide faithful join us recently. We're extremely excited about that. We're extremely grateful to have you at the party. But if you haven't yet joined the program, now's the time. All right? No time like the present. Also, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at JD Piquel. It's a great medium for us to interact, have a back and forth in real time. The DMs stay open like 7-Eleven. Y'all know the drill. Second piece of this. We talked about the portal. I need Alabama to be surgical in the portal. They did a great job doing that this past offseason, getting Jameer Gibbs, getting Eli Ricks, getting guys that they can plug and play right away. Now, Jameer Gibbs was phenomenal for them this year. Eli Ricks was a little bit hot and cold, but you, you hear my point. You don't need to overhaul the roster. You don't need to go and do what Colorado's doing and add 20 guys. You got a ton of talent. I mean, you could argue there is much more talent across your two deep than there is anywhere available in the portal right now. But I would like to see them make a couple of acquisitions, most notably wide receiver position. I'm not here to dunk on Jermaine Burton. I think Isaiah Bond is going to be a star. I think they've got a lot of pieces within that room. But with, with that being said, think about the great Alabama teams that you and I have seen over recent history. They have alphas on the outside. They got dogs. You got Jamison Williams, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs. Like, they got dudes that can straight up stretch the field anytime and are good for six points just about anytime. I don't know who that would be. I would keep an eye. I don't know who that would be in regards to the portal. I would keep an eye on that second wave post-spring. But I need to see some sort of upgrade on the outside. And I, I wouldn't go so far to say they didn't have talent on the outside. I mean, Tyler Harrell doesn't really play this year. Um, Jermaine Burton is, is a great receiver. I don't know if he's that, you know, Jamison Williams caliber, pop the top caliber kind of guy. I need someone who can really pop the top consistently. That's what I need for Alabama. Because like I said, the dominant teams that we've seen come through there, they always have that element. Heck, a lot of people will tell you Georgia didn't even win the national title a year ago if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt. So for me, I'd love to see them add a piece like that via the portal. Who it is, you know, Nick Saban knows his program much better than me. He knows football much better than me. He's been around the game a very, very long time. I promise you, he will find somebody that he believes can fit his system. But I would still think that Tyler Harrell could be that guy. So maybe it's already in-house, but if you were to go in the portal and add one position, I would look pretty closely at the wide receiver spot for the alpha. Now, the sub point within that for me is the secondary. You have a lot of talent, and you also lose quite a few guys. But looking back at this Alabama team, talent wasn't the issue. Like, maybe you go and add somebody in the portal, maybe you don't, but talent wasn't the issue in the secondary. It was multiple times where they weren't playing the ball well in the air. The ball's up in the air. You're tugging on jersey, 15 yards. Take a free 15 yards. No problem. Like, that was, that was kind of a drill we saw multiple times with Alabama secondary. And so you say, is talent the issue? 
You got fours and five stars all over the place. No, it's not the issue. Okay, well, is technique the issue? No, I mean, we've seen them play with great technique all week long, coach. We got Nick Saban coach them up. Okay, so what's the issue? What I'm left to believe is there is a approach issue. And it's a little bit funny to say that with a place like Alabama, but I think we've seen it become more and more of a problem. And the good news is history tells us that whenever Alabama has a down year, their approach gets revamped completely in terms of having a new hunger, having a new fire in their belly. Going back to the approach point that I wanted to make, when I say there's an approach issue, I just mean when it comes to the moment where that ball's in the air, you got to make a play. I would see Alabama guys, even though they were in good technique, I say Alabama guys, I would see Alabama players, defensive backs rather, that would not turn around and look at the ball or that would panic or that would leave their technique. And to me, like I said, that's an approach thing. That is a calm in the storm kind of thing. That is a alpha kind of thing. And I think some of that could be you come to Alabama and you might feel just a little bit like you inherit what was there before. National titles, first round draft picks, all that. Because the guys that came before you were in your shoes. They were highly recruited out of high school. They got the same pitch from Nick Saban. Hey, come here and be great. Come accomplish all that you want to accomplish. But now with this lack of success, the lack of success that they're familiar with having at Alabama, national titles, SEC titles, I think losing for them could be that smelling salt that kind of wakes them up and gets them, gets them going a little bit. And for those of you that haven't played sports or those of you that don't know what I'm talking about with a smelling salt, a smelling salt is essentially this aroma where you crack open a little packet before a, a heavy lift, before kickoff of a football game, whatever it is. Essentially, it is a jolt to the senses that kind of wakes you up a little bit. It's completely legal. I'll just leave that there. It, it is very much a legal substance, but it is a thing that enhances your performance and wakes you up and gets you going. That's what losing has been in recent history for Alabama. Let's look at the numbers. 2010, multiple loss year, three losses. Everyone's mailing in their ballots saying, yep, we're on the Nick Saban is out of their train, out of there in terms of he's past his prime, not out of Alabama. Let's, let's all be reasonable here. In 2015, they lose the college football playoff and everyone's saying that's what it is. Once we leveled this playing field and once we had a real playoff, that's what did it. Okay, Nick Saban, thanks for your service to this sport, but the game's passed you by a little bit. 2016, they win the national title. 2020, they finished the year with two losses. And everyone's finally saying, okay, all right, now we're actually, now, now we got it. Now we can really say that the game has evolved too much. There's too much going on as a college football landscape to where Nick Saban is finally past the best part of what he's going to do with that program. 2021, you probably finished that sentence. They win a national title. So the, the, the bad years, the bad years for Alabama's standard of not playing for national titles, not winning the SEC title, whatever that looks like for them, which what we saw them do in 2022, history tells us that's the smelling salt. That's the thing that's going to get them going a little bit. So, I very much so believe Alabama will have a different approach. They will have a fire lit under them. They will have a lot of a hunter mentality. And, I mean, all offseason, what do we tell you? Alabama is going to win the national title. Alabama has now tasted their own blood. Alabama is now going to be in go mode. 
Everybody heard that, including the players in Tuscaloosa. Now, not as many people are talking about him. Now it's Bryce Young's leaving, Will Anderson's leaving. They really are, for the first time in a minute now, being doubted. I think it's going to serve them well. And if I know anything about Nick Saban, and if we're trusting the sample size that is history, I think they're going to be just fine. Got to figure out quarterback. I'd love to see you be surgical in the portal and add one weapon at wide receiver. And we got to revamp that secondary in terms of an approach standpoint, and that's team-wide. But I think those losses will cater to that revamping across the program. So for Alabama, they're in hunting mode. Look out the rest of college football. Nick Saban, man, greatest of all time. Do not bet against him. I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it twice, that's for sure. Okay, we're moving right along here, folks. Thanks for everyone that's locked in with us right now. Got a lot to unpack. Shout out to everybody on podcast, too. We don't give the podcast enough love, man. If you're listening on Apple, like Goodwill Hunting, how about them apples? If you're listening on Spotify, we appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed there as well. All right. Got a question from one of you the other day. It was a great question. If you're not following me on the socials, at J.D. Piquel on Twitter or on Instagram, that's a great medium for us to interact and do segments like this that we hear from you. But one of the questions was, is it Big 12 championship or bust for Steve Sarkeesian in Texas in 2023? If we're reading between the lines there, or bust means, or is he getting fired? Is it Big 12 title or a bad season? Probably some blend of the two. And I think it is a reasonable question for a lot of reasons. One, it's, it's the University of Texas and the brand and the standard and all that. We're going to get to that. But here's my answer. I don't believe that a anything short of a Big 12 championship would be a down year. However, you're going into year three now, and I would say anything short of a Big 12 title appearance would be a bad year. Now, I don't think he gets fired. I'll say that right now. But that is now what you have led up to. Because you look at history and you look at, you know, what you've done to this point. Look at Steve Sarkeesian. You're saying it's year three. Here's the trend. We went five and seven, went eight and five. This is the next step. Kansas State was nine and three, and they made the Big 12 title game. Heck, they won the Big 12 title game. That's the next step for us. And credit Steve Sarkeesian and credit Texas. They were actually in that thing, didn't control their own destiny. They were in that thing till the last couple weeks of the season, till the last week of the season, really. Needed a little bit of help. So that's the first part. It's the next step. The second part of this is you have the roster. Yes, you lose Bijan Robinson. Yes, you lose Roshan Johnson. Yes, you lose some other key pieces, but you bring back 17 of 22 starters, most notably the quarterback, Quinn Ewers. And Quinn Ewers in his 2022 season, to me, I, I liken it a lot to sampling those foods outside of, in the food court at the mall. Like, he, he did just enough to, to keep you coming back. Like, you have one of those orange chicken on a toothpick, and it's phenomenal. You, I mean, it just, it's like heaven in your mouth. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And then you say, you know what, I want another one. And you have one, and it's great. But it's not a full meal. We saw some bad from Quinn Ewers this year, too. Against Oklahoma State, not great. Not great at all. Actually, very, very lackluster. Then you have the, the, the really good. The Alabama, the first quarter of Alabama, where we were all giving him the Heisman Trophy by the end of that thing, by the end of the first quarter, saying, if Quinn Ewers plays against Alabama, we might win that game if we're Texas. Then you have the second half of the bowl game. 
Another piece of orange chicken. Beautiful. Phenomenal. But now it's time for a full meal. Now it's time to put it all together. And the expectation for 2022 is, similar to Steve Sarkeesian, you got the pieces around you. 17 starters back. 10 on offense. The only one you lost was B. John Robinson. Now it's time to start to cash in on that. So those two things with the roster and with the just trajectory of what they've done at Texas, they're expecting at least, I believe at least, they need to make the Big 12 championship game. If you have not yet subscribed, love to have you at the party. We've had a ton of y'all Texas fans join us over the course of this last year. Even when we were doing this independent, y'all were loyal to the soil, so we appreciate that. If you also haven't followed me on the socials, on Twitter and Instagram, at Jody Pacquiao, would love to have you there as well. Okay, it's a great medium for us to interact. Heck, we're doing this segment because one of y'all shot me a fire question on Twitter, and I was like, we want to answer that in Q&A, but even more, we want to do a segment on it. Okay, so feel free to hit me there, and the party rolls on, as it always does. So the second piece of this, why do they need to at least make the Big 12 title game? Why is this a conversation? It's because it's Texas. And some of you are rolling your eyes. Some of you just felt sick. Some of you felt your mouth get dry. Let me pump, let me pump the brakes a little bit there. Because you heard the it's Texas thing and you get frustrated because you're like, yeah, it's Texas. You got a logo. So what? So what? Mac Brown's not here anymore. Vince Young's not going to the corner anymore to get into the pylon and win the national title. That's old. That's old. What have you done for me lately? Well, the reason why I say it's Texas, the reason why you're going to hear it's Texas from your friends that are Texas fans is because of this. When I say it's Texas, I'm not just talking about the logo. Logo's cool. Don't get it twisted. The logo is synonymous with college football. That's great. But even more so, it's Texas is resources. Texas puts a ton of money whether it be facilities, whether it be coaching staff, whether it be recruiting efforts in terms of helping have competitive NIL packages and helping have the best official visits. I mean, there's so much put into it to a point where you're like, okay, now when do we get the output that the other guys are getting? Because those SEC programs down the road, we're going to join that conference pretty soon. They put a lot of money in too. The difference is they get some ROI. When do we get our ROI? You're telling us we got to care about our program. You're telling us we got to give to our program and, and put a lot into it. Now, when do we get something out of it? And that's fair. And quite frankly, they have been patient these past two years. Year three, want to see some ROI, want to see some wins, want to see something on the field to where we're saying, okay, that's why these resources are being put forth. That's why all of this is being put into the program because of getting something out of it. Haven't gotten it yet, but year three needs to be the year. The second piece is, they have averaged over the past several years since 2019 a top 10 recruiting class. Now, notice, I didn't say they've been top 10 every single year, but the average ranking, according to the on three team consensus recruiting rankings, is within the top 10. So you're saying, you're telling me, you know, it's a, it's a talent acquisition sport. You're telling me I got to have the best talent to even have a chance. I got to have the ingredients to make a meal. Whoa, we're hitting the mic over here. Got to have the ingredients to make a meal. We got the best ingredients. We have at least competitive ingredients. Why are we not yet getting what we have worked for, what we have recruited for? Those are the pieces that make up It's Texas. Those are the pieces. I mean, if it were a group of five school, if it were a lower level power five school, you'd say, that's great. Eight wins. We're going to keep working for it. We, we, we've put a good amount into this, but not as much as insert other schools here. Texas feels like they've put as much in as anybody else. 
So why are they not able to eat off the same platform as some of, some of those other programs? That's the feeling. So when I say it's Texas, it's not the arrogance. It is the they've put enough into it to now deserve something out of it. And like I said, they have been patient. Also, other teams are doing more with less. Baylor is a great example. I promise you, they do not have the resources in Waco, Texas, as they do at the University of Texas at Austin. In year two, under Dave Aranda, got a Big 12 title. Kansas State, I promise you, not the same resources. Won a Big 12 title last year. Sonny Dykes, they didn't win the Big 12 title, but they played for a national championship. I don't care they got body bagged. I don't care what the score was. They played for a national title. Do you understand what the good people in Austin, Texas, would give to play for a national championship tomorrow? They, they, would, they would leverage a lot. I'll just leave it at that. They would leverage quite a bit. So now here's the real deal. Texas in 2023, it doesn't need to be the year. Because some of you were upset when I said it doesn't have to be a Big 10 or excuse me, a Big 12 championship victory. 2023 does not need to be the Big 12 title year for Texas. It does need to be the appearance year. The reason why they don't need to win the Big 12 title in 2023 is because of the 2023 recruiting class that has guys like Arch Manning, that has guys like John Tay Cook. It's a top three class, the time of us being live right now. They've got some dudes, some dudes they want to keep on campus. And I'll just say this. If you fire Steve Sarkeesian after the 2023 season, you, I would venture to say, you, you gamble losing quite a bit of those guys that were in that class. Because recruiting, I understand NIL is a piece of it. I understand that situation's a piece of it. But at the very core of what recruiting is, it is a relationship-oriented game. People commit to people. You want to keep Arch Manning in Austin? You keep Steve Sarkeesian in Austin. I, I mean, I, I think it's as simple as that. If you are excited about what Arch Manning will do for your program in the future, you got to keep Steve Sarkeesian around. Because he committed to Texas, he committed to Steve Sarkeesian even more so. The entire Manning camp. And it's bigger than just Arch Manning, but you have got a really good class right now. You keep them intact by keeping the guy that brought them there. Fire Steve Sarkeesian, you gamble with whoever's in that class. And I understand they're signed. I'm cool with that. I, I get it. But I'm saying even when they're on campus, the transfer portal, it exists. Mobility, it's a thing. So does it need to be the year? I think it'd be foolish to fire Steve Sarkeesian after not winning the Big 12 championship in year three. But I think it does need to be a reality where he at least makes the Big 12 title, where Texas at least makes the Big 12 championship. The trajectory the roster, the resources, it's all lining up for this to be a year where they pop, where they get to the Big 12 title, where they get to play for it in Jerry World. It's an exciting time to be a Longhorn fan. Expectations are sky high, as they always are, but this is the year where you're like, all right, show me something. I gave you a lot, now show me something. So we'll keep an eye on that, as we always do. Longhorns will be a program that we will talk about, I'm sure, extensively over the next few months, as we will all their programs. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack. But uh, one program that needs to be talked about even more is the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, that was a, a phrase I did not think I would be saying here a few months ago. But one thing led to another. They hire Dion Coach Prime Sanders from Jackson State. And they're doing some stuff in Colorado right now. They're getting after it in Boulder. Coach Prime has gotten 21 transfers 
from the transfer portal. That is the second most in the top 50, only behind Arizona State and Coach Kenny Dillingham. They've also had 12 guys transfer out of the program. So depending on how you look at that, Coach Prime said, I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. If I'm already in-house at Boulder there, I'm saying, yeah, well, okay, I, I hear you. Sounds like you got some Louie luggage, and I'm a nice carry-on, but I might need to play my college football elsewhere. Cool. With it. But here's why that 21 number is interesting to me. What they're doing at Colorado is knocking down a house and rebuilding from a vacant lot. I mean, let's be that that's what they're doing. So anytime you rebuild a house, where do you start? The foundation. And the foundation previously at Colorado was a 111 foundation. It had mold, it had rot, it was not going to hold up to any kind of weather. It was not a good foundation. And so Coach Prime, in that viral team meeting, said some of y'all might need to hit the portal. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he said. So now, with some of that foundation getting out of there, he's rebuilding it with his own foundation. And it is so crucial, we've said it before, but it is so crucial for Coach Prime to have some success in year one and two, in some small part because proof of concept creates momentum. Like, hey, show me you can win some games, and then I might feel a little bit more comfortable about coming to Colorado and coming and being a part of what you're doing here in Boulder, which is a program that hasn't been at the top of college football in recent history. They have before, but not in recent history. So that creates some belief and creates a little bit of a feel around you know recruits. But also... Think about who's leaving the Pac-12 here pretty soon. Two big dogs, USC and UCLA. They haven't won the conference super recently. I understand that. But let's just say this. Those are two teams that I think we can all agree is, is at least top tier within the Pac-12. When they leave, those are two top tier thrones that I see as vacant. And who's to say Coach Prime doesn't surpass them while they're still in the conference but I'm just saying there is going to be some wins to be had that USC and UCLA will leave on the table there will be some positions of power within that conference to be had that will be available and if you can have success in year one and year two you can attract more talent to then push the needle forward and push the program forward as the Pac-12 becomes a little bit more wide open now you still got Utah we'll still have Washington for now at least still have Oregon but if you can have success in year one and two, it attracts the right talent to move the mission forward in future years. So with him revamping and getting this much volume in the portal, it's a very good thing. And those of you that are Coach Prime fans, those of you that are Colorado fans, Travis Hunter fans, we got you covered here. Subscribe to the Onthrough YouTube channel. But that is very much so a, a positive direction for this program. Like I said, subscribe if you haven't. Got you covered all things Coach Prime. Throughout the entirety of this year, you found your spot. We don't take breaks here. A lot of other programs do. Not us here on the Hard Counts. We appreciate you locking in with us 365 days a year. we got college football content. All right? So we appreciate you for that. Also, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at J.D. Piquel. Great spot for us to have some interaction, a great medium for hearing more of what you want to see on this show. Because it's the people's show. All right? I say it all the time. It is the people's show, and we want to do more of what you want to see. So I'll keep it at that. So they added some notable pieces, did Colorado. Two that I think are very, very noteworthy and guys that I think will make a big impact. One is Cavassier Smoke. 
running back from Kentucky. He finished his career at Kentucky, averaging right around five yards a carry. He's a super senior. But that five yards a carry number, that's good for top 10 in school history at Kentucky. It's coming from the SEC. It's a proven commodity, played a lot of football. That's someone that will help you day one. And with him coming from the SEC and played so much football, you're not guessing at what you see on tape. When you watch Cavassier smoke on tape and you see him break tackles, you see him run with a good center of gravity, you're not saying, hmm, that's nice, but who was it against? You're saying, wow, that's great. That was against, insert team here. Florida, that was against, insert next team. Georgia, that was, you know, it was against the big boys. All right, so you're not guessing about what you get with Cavassier Smoke. He's a guy that I expect to be an impact player right away. I'm sure Cavassier Smoke and Coach Prime believe the same, but that was a big get. That was a very big get for, for, for Cavassier Smoke to get to Colorado. I think it's a great fit, but that was a big get for Coach Prime. Other individual they added. They actually flipped him from Louisville, but Miles Slusher, he was at Arkansas, was a safety. He's a former four-star coming out of high school. Again, you'll notice another SEC caliber player had options, could have gone a lot of places. A lot of people wanted Miles Slusher in their program. One of the better defensive backs at Arkansas previously. And Coach Prime says, you know what? You want to come play for me? I'm arguably the best defensive back in NFL history. You want to get to the league? I can help you do it. That's a pitch that we're going to see him make. And I would believe acquire a lot of other top tier guys within the secondary. For those you keep a track at home, you now have Travis Hunter and Miles Slusher in your secondary. Travis Hunter may even play both ways. We'll see. But that's a pretty solid half of your secondary already. And I don't anticipate them to slow down anytime soon. Again, SEC kind of guy. I'm not going to dunk on any of their conference here. That's not what we're about right now, especially not with it being a, a segment about a Pac-12 school. But I'm just saying, Coach Prime knows. Everybody else within that team knows that Miles Slusher is coming from the top conference in college football, and he's a guy that will contribute in a big way. Again, another guy that will be a day one player for you. So, two big additions, but here's the other thing. Y'all, Coach Prime's not done. He's not. He's not. There will be a second wave of transfer portal activity, and just the way that this whole thing works, it's supply and demand. It, I mean, that, that's what it is. And a lot of these guys from spring practice will either not be getting the playing time they think they deserve, will not be getting the starting position they think they deserve. Maybe they won't mesh with the new staff, whatever staff it is at the, at the school. And they'll say, you know what? I might want to go somewhere else. Optically, I'm just telling you, Colorado is going to be really attractive to a lot of these players. One, get on the ground floor of something new, something special is what Coach Prime is is advertising. I don't think it's an irresponsible advertisement. You're playing for a guy with NFL pedigree. Again, NFL Hall of Famer. All right. And maximum exposure. You saw what he did at Jackson State. They got college game day to Jackson State. That's unbelievable. That's phenomenal. They got a, a series out on Amazon Prime right now, I believe, about Coach Prime and about his team. If you want to be seen in the public eye, if you want to have a lot of eyeballs on you and what you're going to do in the future, if you want to help your draft stock, the pitch to Colorado makes a lot of sense. So this whole supply and demand thing, it works out. It works out. So for that reason, I expect Colorado, they're at 21 right now in terms of transfers they've acquired. I think they're going to blow past that number. I feel very confident in saying that. I would venture when it's all said and done, they're flirting with 
okay, in terms of transfers that they get into their program. So Colorado and Coach Prime just continuing to crush the portal. Nothing new, nothing we didn't expect, but the volume, the foundation is being installed to big acquisitions of Miles Slusher and Cavassier Smoke, guys that came from SEC programs, proven, stable, you know what you're getting, and the supply and demand of Colorado and the transfer portal is going to continue to hum along until that second window closes. But I promise you, we'll keep you locked and loaded for all of it. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're locked in with us, man. A lot, a lot to talk about here over the next couple of days. Now, this is a series that we've been doing, and I've really enjoyed. And it's an honest look. Take an honest look at a few programs, but I think the program that's next for us to just take a fair assessment of is the Michigan Wolverines. Back-to-back Big Ten champion Wolverines, should I say. And they are in an interesting position because a lot of the storylines around Ann Arbor right now have nothing to do with what they did on the field. Michigan, for the second year in a row, like I said, won the Big Ten, made the college football playoff, and came up short against TCU. But when you look to 2023, I don't believe that the roster is going to be something that holds them back. They've got some key pieces that are leaving. Don't get it twisted. Mike Morris, heck of a player. Guy in the trenches. I mean, a great leader coming off the edge. He's going to be very, very much missed. Mozzie Smith will also be missed. Ronnie Bell, a captain. He's going to be missed. But you bring back a lot of other key talent. J.J. McCarthy, your quarterback, said run that back. Obviously, he's coming back. I mean, you couldn't leave. Blake Corum, this was huge that he decided to come back. I mean, J.J. McCarthy's got to be in school a little bit longer. Blake Corum had options. Decided he wants to come back to Michigan for another year. The Mike Sanders still, he's a dog. After his first year of playing defense, says, I want to come back another year and do this again. So they got some key pieces leaving, but some key pieces coming back, some key leadership coming back. So that's, I think, very much so going to be something to watch how they step up with the loss of some of these other pieces. But here's the reality. Michigan never had the most talented roster. Like They they didn't beat Ohio State because they had more five stars than them. Michigan is a program that gets good talent, develops to the nth degree, and plays well as a program, plays well as an organization as a unit. They put together 22 as good as anybody in the country. They put together phenomenal units, and that's what allows them to be successful. They play well as a team. Football is the greatest team game in the world, and Michigan is the epitome of how you get the most out of your guys. Okay, so this is not a a segment to talk down on the talent they have. I'm telling you, they've never been a team that wins the talent battle. But four quarters come and go, and more often than not, Michigan has won the battle on the scoreboard. So if you're not subscribed, we'd love to have you. Had a ton of y'all Michigan fans join us this past season. We got to be at Ohio State, Michigan, and a lot of y'all were there. It was unbelievable, a scene like I had never seen before. Make sure you're locked in because we're going to do more content like that in the near future. So if you're not yet subscribed, we'd love to have you at the party. Also, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at J.D. Piquel. Great medium for us to interact there, and we appreciate you in advance for doing so. Looking forward to hearing from you. So the storyline that has been continuing to roll is the Jim Harbaugh to the NFL story. We don't know if it's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be 
a thing that, that dropped while we're live on air. But the reality is there has been reports from people that know things that he has talked to the Broncos. The Panthers have been in contact. Uh, the Colts get floated around there. I don't know how much smoke there is to that. But the reality is the NFL is interested in Jim Harbaugh. And history would tell us and reporters would tell us that if Jim Harbaugh is offered a job in the NFL, Rumor has it he would take it. I don't know if that's true. There are people, again, that know more than me that are closer to the situation that are saying that. So you're left saying, okay, if he gets offered an NFL job, what's next? Well, here's the reason why it's frustrating from a Michigan standpoint. Yes, you did this last year, and it you know ended up being okay. But the reason why it's frustrating now is because, for the same reason I just said, you did it last year. And it's another momentum stopper. We shouldn't be talking about Jim Harbaugh taking NFL jobs right now. Rather, if I'm a Michigan fan, that's how I feel. What we should be talking about is we played for a college football playoff. We got to the dance and lost a game that we all feel like we shouldn't have lost. How do we, how, how do we get back? How do we play for a national title next year? That's the conversation I want to have. I don't want to be talking about is Jim Harbaugh going to be here or not. If I'm a Michigan fan, we're hoping we're eventually past that. And maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you don't feel like, okay, we're past that, but you're hoping that this is one of the last times you have to do it. So Jim Harbaugh has come out and said, no one knows what the future holds, but I expect to enthusiastically be coaching at Michigan. The phrase, no one knows what the future holds, is very, very impactful there. That's one I would keep an eye on as this thing develops. That basically, to me, looks very much so like a little rectangle cut out in the room of this whole situation that I would say is a trap door. At any point in time, I can go back to this and say, I told you, we didn't know it was going to happen. I expected to be at Michigan. I still had the job, but you know, my heart's in the NFL is the way that it sounds to me. And when your heart is in something, it's very difficult to logic your way out of it. And who's to blame Jim Harbaugh if he does go to the NFL? You know, I mean, He's done so much for Michigan. I don't want to make this a Jim Harbaugh segment, but he's done so much for Michigan that if he were to leave for the NFL, it would sting for the moment. But I think there would be some understanding in the long term. But in the current time right now, the frustration is it stops momentum and it gives other programs that you compete against on a weekly basis negative recruiting ammunition. Meaning if I am an Ohio State coach, I can walk into that four-star living room and say, Oh, you're picking between us and Michigan? Well, tell you what, Ryan Day is going to be here next year. Is Jim Harbaugh going to be here next year? Whether it's true or not, it's a tool, it's a conversation you can use against Michigan. Okay? So that's the frustrating piece. Momentum stopper, negative recruiting. And this is supposed to be the point where you take the next step. Like I said, the expectation is no longer can we beat Ohio State. Can we get to the college football playoff? You've done it twice in a row. Yes, emphatically, you can with Jim Harbaugh, the head coach at Michigan. You can. But now we're not talking about taking that next step. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh. So that's the frustrating part. So with all that being said, with the roster and with the Jim Harbaugh situation, here's what I think 2023 looks like. This is my just honest feel on it. I think it is extremely reasonable to assume we will get Ohio State versus Michigan in Ann Arbor, both programs undefeated. Just the, just the chef's kiss of college football. Nick Brake and I, I would very much hope and expect will be on hand for that one when that day comes. But the reality is, you know you can get past 
Ohio State, and you know you can get to the college football playoff with Jim Harbaugh leading your program. If he's not there, if he's not the head coach, I don't know if you feel like you can't do it, but it becomes a question mark because you haven't done it yet. You haven't done it without Jim Harbaugh in a little bit. And that's the point that, that, that's frustrating. It sits a little bit funny with you. We've built all this up. We've built this organization. We've built these incredible offensive lines. We've built an incredible defense. We've done all these things to get to this point and be on the doorstep of a national championship with Jim Harbaugh. If he's not there, that's a key ingredient. Not having your head coach there. I don't think that's a stretch to say that would matter in that kind of a setting. But I would also say this. We said it earlier in the segment. We touched on it, but this is very much so the case. I know it's the second time around, and repetitions can be exhausting, but Michigan was in the exact same spot this time last year. Won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, played for the college football playoff, and Jim Harbaugh danced with the NFL a little bit. And everyone coming into this year, myself included, was saying, how will they respond? How will that impact the locker room? How will that impact the psyche of this team? How did that impact the offseason? And all they did was run it back and do the exact same thing. So far be it for me to say this is going to hurt them if Jim Harbaugh doesn't come back. But if he does, I think playing for a national title is without a doubt the expectation and is even more so emphasized as the goal. Like J.J. McCarthy said, We'll be back. I promise you that. And I really like their chances to make good on that promise with Jim Harbaugh at the helm. So that's where I think Michigan is right now. But very, very excited to watch that program as the weeks wear on. And as we get closer and closer to spring ball, fall camp, it'll be a good time. We got you covered. A lot of programs, man, all across the country taking an honest look in the mirror. For those of you that don't know right now, there's two things going on. One is exit meetings. For players, as they leave for break or as they leave, you know, to get a little bit of rest from the program, they are sitting down, having a conversation, saying, what do I need to improve on? How do you see me fitting in the program? All that. That's kind of the conversation that's been going on for these teams that have been playing games. Probably happened a few weeks ago for the teams that played in the bowl or that didn't play in the bowl. Okay, those have been happening. The second thing is winter conditioning. Let me just say this. Winter conditioning is right up there with fall camp as the most intense part of the college football calendar if you're a player you're waking up at just unbelievable hours of the day and you are going and doing ridiculous things to your body in the form of agility circuits and weightlifting and nutrition and it is I mean it is like the the boot camp of college football it's a beautiful thing it's what brings you close together but it is where you pay your dues and in a twisted sick way you love it and it's what makes you competitive. It's what builds that stamina. It's what builds that resolve. It's what builds that brotherhood when it's time to go and win games in the fourth quarter. So I love it. It's beautiful. But I thought we had to at least riff on that a little bit and mention it. It's a magical time in college football that nobody gets to see. You'll see it in the hype videos maybe, but nobody really gets to see it. It's just you and your boys in the bunker. And it is, uh, it is a magical time. Speaking of boys in the bunker, bringing on the man, the myth, the legend, heavy lifter, doing everything that you see here. Nick, break. Nick, how we doing, my guy? We're doing good, man. Uh, we got a lot of people in here talking, as we always do. They're Love having it. a good time. I'm glad everyone's here on this wonderful Thursday. It's not a pretty Thursday here in Nashville, but it's still wonderful. It is what it is, huh? Uh, just because we're on air, you know? It is what it is, brother. What's uh, what's the good word? Now, we went to Twitter mm -hmm. to grab questions. What is the good word on Twitter right now, my guy? 
Okay, the good word today. We'll start with turf underscore surfer. Michael asking, is NIL a game changer when it comes to a bowl game participation, J.D.? Yeah, Coach Mack, friend of the program. That's a very fair question. And when we talk about NIL right now, it isn't the game changer, evidently, with, with guys continuing to opt out in, in regards for NFL money. But I think going forward, it has the possibility to. We've all said this. This is a thing that's very much so in the room right now. But TV revenue in the form of NIL, I think, is the answer to getting a lot more of these guys that are at least on the fence about opting out to opt into this bowl game. Hey, you can make a couple, couple thousand dollars by playing in this bowl game. You can make, heck, $100,000 playing in this bowl game. I don't know what that figure would look like. But I think it is the gateway to getting us to that point. So, Coach Mack, appreciate you joining the party. Appreciate you contributing to mm -hmm. this conversation. I think you're definitely on the right track, and I think we will eventually get there at some point. When and, and how many players that keeps mm -hmm. into bowl games, you know, remains to be seen. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, the next question is from Cody. Uh, Cody says, can Tennessee win the East next year? This is a bit of a bold prediction. He said, I yep. have Tennessee going ahead of Georgia because of head-to-head, -head, but curious to hear your thoughts, J.D. Can they beat the Bulldogs? I love it. I, lo I mean, I, <laughs> love, I love Cody calling a shot. Cody, great uh -huh. question, man. appreciate you contributing to the party. This, to me, is a Georgia question because if Georgia has the same kind of operation that they had this year, with Carson Beck at the helm or with Gunnar Stockton at the helm, whoever's playing quarterback, if they don't miss a beat offensively, it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, at the same time, I think you got to look internally at Tennessee and say, what do we have in Joe Milton? Are we going to get Orange Bowl Joe Milton week in and week out? Or is it going to be a thing where we have good Joe Milton one week and the next week we're having overthrows, we're having issues with our program? What does that look like? Um, so there's the internal piece for me for Tennessee. But again, it really does for me start and stop with Georgia because if they are a version of what we saw this year or a version of what we saw in 2021, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. So does Tennessee have a chance to win the East? 100%. In, in the world of college football where, and Pete Thamel said this, so I'm going to steal his line. In the world of college football where you deal with 18 to 22-year-olds, it is very difficult to speak in absolutes because of how much variance there is with 18 and 22-year-olds. So is it a lock by any means? Of course not. Would I pick Georgia today if they were to line it up with the guys that we anticipate them having next year? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep it covered like a blanket over here, as you know that we do, Nick. Uh, but I, I would probably take Georgia to win the East. Tennessee, for sure, will have a puncher's chance. Okay. Hey, but Cody called a shot. There you go, Cody. Yeah. I love it, man. So I love it. Maybe. Maybe. I, I really like our Vols fans here. Uh, always believe there's in a lot the of team. them there's a lot of them always uh this next question the last one at voting rufus 04 what are the potential benefits and drawbacks of expanding the current college football playoff format Ooh. from four teams to a larger number jd i know you have a strong opinion on this uh, you love the regular season um so expand on that but also maybe talk about maybe a few benefits if you can see any yeah you know i think tcu is a, is a great case study for either side of the argument. was doing radio yesterday, and we talked about TCU. We talked about having all the good teams in there. If you get to 12, and I hear that, here's, here's what I'll say. If you are a fan of the four-team playoff, as I am, you look at TCU and you drop the mic. You say, less resources, the little guy, smaller school. They took care of business. 
they actually had the door open enough to lose their conference championship and still play for a college football playoff. And then they made the national title. They got absolutely waxed in the national title, but we're not here to talk about that. But then if you're a 12-team or an expanded playoff uh, supporter, and you say, well, hey, TCU got in and made some noise. Who's to say there's not more teams behind them that could get in and make some noise? Who's to say that team at five, that team at seven, that team at eight, who's, they, they could make some noise? So I see both sides. I see the logic. But for me, the, the drawback would be we're sitting here, Nick Brake and I, we're in Ann Arbor. We got Ohio State, Michigan. It's four versus five. Likely the winner goes to play for the Big Ten. They probably win the Big Ten, play for the college ball playoff. But in a 12-team in a playoff, it's for seeding. And I think what has made our sport have so much staying power and be so different than any other sport that exists is the fact that every single, every, every single regular season game that you're watching, whether you're playing New Mexico State or whether you're playing Alabama, you know that if you lose that game, your postseason will look drastically different. And I understand seeding is a thing. And I understand that, okay, the, the, the buy is a, is a very big deal if you could find a way to, to get that. Like, I understand that's cool, but it's not the same. It's not the same as saying you have a one-game road to the college football playoff or a one-game shot at a national title. Like, that is, that is, I think, very, very impactful and very special. And I understand the genie's out of the bottle. When we get more football, I'll be a fan of it, but that's the drawback for me. That's the major drawback for me. Sure, we'll get more teams. Sure, there'll be more football. It'll be fun. But the major drawback of the regular season having a little bit less importance in some people's eyes is, is not a positive thing. But that's where I fall on it, Nick. I appreciate it. But you're you're, you're an expansionist, aren't you? I'm an expansionist. You, you, you kind of, yeah, yeah, I sure am. Uh, maybe because I'm, I'm come from a G5 uh, fandom of WKU. Maybe it's because I like the NFL. Maybe it's because I believe that this year Alabama was one of the top two or three best teams in the country, and they didn't get a shot of it because they lost two games by what combined four, six points. Yeah, can't do so, it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm all for it. I I do hear where you're coming from. Because I also love European soccer, where it is all about the regular season. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. One of those deals, man. One of I'd those like deals. Well, well, Nick, I appreciate you joining on, man, and yeah. appreciate you making this all happen. Uh, we're headed for 12 either way, so we'll enjoy it. We're headed for 12, and <laughs> it's still college football, right? Still college football, man. Appreciate you. Again, Nick Bragg, heavy lifter extraordinaire, doing everything that you see here, making it happen. If you have not yet joined us via podcast, we're tinkering with some things, okay? We'll see what the podcast looks like in the future. Who's to say we don't have content that's available there that we don't have on YouTube in the future? I don't know. I'm just riffing here. Tell me what you think. But we're on podcast on Apple and on Spotify. Would love to have you all along for the ride there. Leave us a comment. We'll get to it. We'll involve it in the show. Heck, maybe we'll make it a whole segment. Maybe we'll do it more than just Q&A. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do what we did with one of y'all's questions via Twitter today and make it an absolute segment. Do 10 or so minutes on it. Give you our thoughts, our feelings, concerns, and all that in a bag of chips. But y'all, again... Thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this for a living and to have a show after the national title game is a few days behind us. Like I said, a lot of different programs are starting to wrap up and do their way too early and then going on vacation. And we are very, very grateful that there is demand from y'all to where we can have a year-round college football show. It is, it is something that I am at a loss for words of every single day walking down to the studio to do this. So thank you for that. We appreciate you. We love y'all. We, we are building something special here. And I say we, and that's not just Nick Brake and I, that's y'all. That is, that is we together here in this entire operation. I believe we're building a community that is uh, primed for some really big things here in the near future. So that is y'all. And 
can't wait for what's to come. We're going to keep the party rolling, and we will see y'all next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.